You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So the Al-Shech HaKadosh Vapashas Amor is discussing these two mitzvahs that are back-to-back. The first mitzvah is that a animal cannot be brought as a carbon until it is at least eight days old. And the second mitzvah is the mitzvah of not shechting a mother cow and a mother animal and its child on the same day. So the, uh, the Al-Shech HaKadosh has a fascinating concept, and I think this is important because this speaks to the Jewish perspective in terms of, in terms of animals. Uh, there are people in the world who believe that animals um, should be seen from a perspective of as if they are another human being. There are people who, now everyone, everyone agrees, one of the opinions in the Gemara is that Tsar Balechaim is the Orisa, that causing pain to an animal is a biblical prohibition. There's no question about that, that we are required to treat every animal with uh, respect and with dignity. And the Gemara tells us that when there was a certain animal that was being taken to slaughter, and it was in the home of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, and the animal kind of ran to Rabbi Yehuda Anasi as if it was looking for its master to protect it. And he said to it, um, lovingly, he said, go, this is what you were created for. So in heaven, they saw that as an act of cruelty on his part, and he was punished uh, on his level. Rabbi Yehuda Anasi was punished, and he suffered for many years, Many years he suffered, until one time there was a family of rats who, that had made a home in his house, and the maidservant was going to sweep them out, and he said, oh, they're, they're so cute, let them stay here, whatever. These were not New York sewer rats, I assume. So, um, so and, uh, it, uh, and, and the verse he stated was, God's mercy is on all his creations, and when he did that, um, all his suffering went away. So we as a people believe that you're not supposed to mistreat or um, be cruel to any creature, um, certainly not any human beings. However, we don't go to the other extreme and say that because of that we should treat them as um, like they are human beings or to avoid eating them uh, or making use of them in other ways reminds me of that uh, image of the person from the uh, Animal Protection Society that uh, standing there in in uh, in the milk section of the uh, of the supermarket with a sign that says, "Why does an animal have to die for you to have milk?" That's that's uh, it, it, you know, there, there's the. Of course, that's the joke, right? So, uh, so yeah, it would be utterly yeah, ridiculous. Boots. <laughs> right, that, they, they need some education. So, part of it, part of it, is this lack of lack of consideration. There's this over, and so the the Jewish perspective is not like that. And one of the first places to address this concept directly from this perspective is this Al Shachir. So, if you take a look at the paragraph Chav Zion, what was he the one with Cain and Hevel? Was that the The idea behind all these verses, Yasuv al Shoresh Misharshe Hatorah. It all surrounds 
a principle, an important principle, from amongst the important principles in the Torah. This is an important part for every Jew to believe. Now, for the Alshach to use that line that he just used means that this is so basic and so essential, and it is, and I'll talk about why this is so important. So he says, Ki hamisa l'shem Hashem, dying for the sake of Hashem, who rachamim gedolim me'achayim is greater than is greater mercy than living. And th- that's that's his line. That's his line, and that's that's an incredible line to say. I'll say it again. Dying in for the sake of Hashem is a greater mercy to an animal, or even to a human being, than living. Which means that the, when, when someone says, you know, it's such a shame that that person died rather than to transgress uh, idolatry, no, they were better off. What would have been a shame had they transgressed idolatry. Now, obviously, it's better had they not had that choice. But of those two, that person actually got the better choice because you're better off. It's greater mercy to die. Now, he doesn't just say it's what you're supposed to do. He says it's actually greater mercy. Which means, the, uh, uh, put it in other words, uh, the way that the later commentaries put it, not quite loudly, that the greatest favor that you can do to an animal is to shechted l'shem shemaim. That's the greatest favor you could do to it. That's the Jewish perspective. It doesn't have to be a carbon. Uh, even to eat it. If you're going to eat it, L'Shem Shemayim, if everything, whatever you're doing is L'Shem Shemayim, you are actually doing the animal a favor because it is not being elevated. Yes? I think of all the humans who died L'Shem Shemayim that were tortured to death by the Inquisition and the great sufferings that they suffered and the terrible pain that they suffered before well, he's not saying that the suffering for Hashem is the mercy. He's talking about the dying. <coughs> so the the suffering itself uh, needs to be reconciled separately. Right? Absolutely. If you're checking a cow to make Shabbos meal, that's mom Kodesh, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But in in terms of suffering, you know, this is this is the question that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was asking to Hashem: Why are the Jewish people suffering in Egypt this way? You know, this, this kind of you know, to have a a child placed into the wall in place of a brick you know, that's a that's a suffering. That's I mean to watch a child like that, and that's uh, that needs to be reconciled, which which we don't have time for. But it certainly I'm not going to say that this point covers that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So the verse says, Shor o chesef, an ox or a sheep, I'm having mercy on the animals. When I say, It should be seven days with its mother. Because animals, for at least for seven days, they have this very strong connection. Because God's mercy is on all his creations. That's why the word Vahaya is there. Shuhulashan Simcha, we know wherever the word Vahaya appears in the Torah, anywhere, the word Vahaya, it always represents some kind of positive or joy. Kisimcha Vanachas Ruachulishneyam, because it is a joy and it is pleasant for them both. However, you should know that that 
letting it live is not considered mercy for the animal. But only during those eight days when it's not fit to be on the Mizbeach. But afterwards, there is no greater mercy that you can show to an animal than slaughtering it and bringing it as an offering before God. And that's why it says, on the eighth day, it, it will be accepted as a carbon, an offering on the fires. Because as we know, eight days always means that at least one Shabbos has passed by. So he says, you should know that had God have accepted this as a, as a carbon before, we would not have kept it seven days under its mother. Because actually the animal being brought as a carbon is its greatest potential. And only because Hashem wants to, to wait until eight days do we not bring it as a carbon. So therefore he says, So you might have said, or someone might have argued, Why is God only give it seven days? That's because of God's own honor. So that there should never be a lacking of korbanos. Maybe an animal needs a month, but God just wants all these offerings, and people would say that, and that's why he said it's only eight days. God's making you wait to the eighth day. And maybe the only reason why God said wait a week is because the first seven days the animal is too weak, um, is too undeveloped <laughs> to be able to be brought as a carbon. But how do you know that maybe this is just all part of God's desire to consume all the animals in the world, which is the way people speak, which is the way people think, especially when they think of offerings. And we're, we're, we're davening for the Beis HaMikdash to be rebuilt, and uh, people have asked me, you know, Rabbi, when, when the temple will be rebuilt, are we going to bring actual animal offerings? And I say, of course. And they look at me with this horror. Like, really, we're going to bring animals as offerings? Uh, and th- what they're expecting is that in today's day, we're going to bring virtual animals. You know, we'll bring uh, uh, um, holograms and we'll have, you know, all kinds of... Um, no, we're going to bring actual animal offerings and they can't handle it because we live in a world where we don't have offerings and it's seen as something very ancient. And we're, we're going to have a hard time reconnecting to this whole concept of Karbanas unless you learn about Karbanas and you study about Karbanas. And most of us are so detached from it that the concept seems so foreign to us. But yet, that is, what, that is according to the simple level, that is what's going to happen. And so what people will wonder is, how do we understand these thousands of animals being killed um, every every year, some of them to be eaten, but some of them just uh, totally be <coughs> totally burnt up. Rabbi, yes. When we bring a bull offering or a sheep or a goat, they can be seven days old and count. Like a bull can be seven days old; it doesn't have to be a mature. Well, it, it can't be a bull that's eight days old because it won't be a bull. It'll be a calf. Okay. So the there's a discussion about. You know the different ages of different animals. So a, a para, a para is this age. A par is this age. A sheep has to be this age, that age. Um, you know different birds. Before they're too old, they're too young. So days. here we're talking about an, a, a, a the, whenever you could have a a keves, which is a lamb, or a egel, which is a calf. 
whenever you could have a any age, no minimum age, has to be at least eight days old. Right? We're not getting into the details of which carbon. Okay. Yes. To the person who says he doesn't understand, you know, how we could bring corbonas in the time of the Bismarck I think it's a little bit like the person who's never seen the, the sea or never seen a majestic mountain. If you've never, if you've never seen the Grand Tetons, if you've never seen the Himalayas, so what's another hill? But when you see them, they're the experience for the first time the experience goes on. When we see Akarish Boroko in the manifest and the Vyashli <coughs> shape, then what's going on there? Only the most um, distant, maybe someone who's actively worked to distance himself, will be able to say, how can you do this? It'll, it'll seem so logical, natural, perfect that I, I it'll, be so, it'll be self understood I hear you I that's a great perspective to have if, if only we can pass that on I, and if people ever went to a slaughterhouse we kill millions of animals a day and, and so if killing animals for leather or food or glue or whatever we're doing we do it all the time and so they're just not used to it because they live in a city and they've never been they have nothing to do with it, but it's very common. It would be no different. It would be less than what we do now. Yeah, but we should be careful about that because what goes on in a slaughterhouse is brutality and... Well, that's just that's just the, the ethics of how it's done. But right. but in terms of the idea of thousands of animals being killed every day, uh, that, is, that, is, that is happening. But it's we true. Want, we don't want people to think that what will happen in the Bayashlishi has any similarity to what well, we have kosher slaughterhouses in Israel and they're yeah, yeah, yeah. killing animals every day okay, nice right way. but uh, yeah. <coughs> I, I grew up in Iran really? and when you grew up anytime a bad thing or a good thing or something happened to you you still would do a sacrifice I remember we, my, my parents they got their new car one of the things they did they did a kapara for the car so the car Right, yeah, but that's not a carbon. That's not a carbon, right? It's, 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 it's it came from the same concept. I know. Right, yeah, but but still not a carbon. Oh, right. Here, this is different because here, where they're doing it, the <coughs> shame. L'shem Hashem, as if, and that's the problem that people have. I know you're saying we, sh- we slaughter every day, but people say, okay, that's okay when, when people do it, but for God to want it. And that's really where he's going at. And, and they say the proof is, you see that God doesn't want it for seven days because it's just not big enough. So that's why he says, that's why it says in the Pasuk, Shor o Kesev o Eiz, where the Torah refers to it, even though it's less than eight days old, as an ox. Mm-hmm. Doesn't call it a calf. You should know as soon as they're born, these animals are already special. Man needs. We are. We are the most pathetic children of all the animal kingdom. Right? All the other um, animals within some of them within a matter of minutes, some of them at best within uh, worse within a matter of hours. They're all able to function on their own. Man. Uh, we're still in diapers at uh, two. Ki hu holich man needs to develop slowly. 
So, but animals, they acquire their perfection immediately. But God showed mercy. So they will not accept it before eight days. And that's why that's immediately followed by the next mitzvah. That it's not for the sake of the mitzvah. The Torah prohibits you from taking the mother and the child in the same day. And if this were for the benefit of God's need for sacrifice, we should have increased the offerings. If a person only has um, two animals, a cow and its mother, you wouldn't be able to bring them? The reason is, all these things have great secrets. That are revealed to Hashem who knows everything. And what we should instead be looking for is trying to delve into the secret reasons for everything. Instead of trying to create our own humanistic uh, perspectives and trying to apply them to God, which is what too many critics are doing. They kind of have their own faults within them and then they find a way that the Torah describes God having their faults. And so instead what we should be realizing is that Hashem has calculations, there's a reason for everything and we should uh, merit to understand it. Alright, page 965. Kuf Nun Zion. Okay, so here's a fascinating question, which uh, maybe it's occurred to you, maybe it hasn't, but uh, it should have occurred to you. And the Alsha has the most fascinating take on it. <coughs> How many days is Pesach? Seven. In the Torah, it's seven, seven days. Eight. Yeah. Eight. How many of those can you not do Malacha? Two. 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 One and seven. Yeah. Why? It's Pesach. If Pesach is if Pesach is a yamtuv, you shouldn't do melacha. And I understand. Can you imagine what life would be like if you would have um, seven days of uh, Shabbos Sudas? You think we're uh, rebels uh, now? All right. Actually, the answer is three because there's always a Shabbos. Well, uh, well, you've got a Shabbos, but in terms of uh, no, but that that could be the. Uh, it could be one of the days. Right. It could be one of those what days. So, right. So I, I understand, and of course, um, you know, the first to rebel would be the children of Klal Yisrael who lose their Chalamoid trips. But the question is, from a from a Torah perspective, from a deeper level, why are there days that have different rules in terms of malacha? If Rosh Chodesh is a Yom Tov, let it be also a malacha. If, if uh, wa- uh, and another question that he's kind of going to deal with, hopefully we'll get to that part. And even within these Yamim Tovim, you've got days that are totally also Ramalacha, then you've got days where you could do Ochel Nefesh, like uh, on Yom Tov, you can, you, can, you can cook, you can carry, uh, according to most posts of today, you can shower, you, you, you can do all, all kinds of things. So, okay. So on page Kufnan Zayin on the left hand side, Amnam Lavo El Ha'inyan. So to come to the subject of the matter, I want to give a reason. To understand these days that God told us not to do work. What's the difference between these days and other days? And uh, we have a Yom Tov coming up in uh, just two weeks. So um, consider this one level of preparation. We know. The upper world. The place where Hashem is, who Olam Hamanucha. That is the place of rest. Mm-hmm. That is the place of cessation of withholding. 
You can't do malacha. In, there is no malacha in that realm. And as I explained earlier in the Torah, where it says, On the seventh day it shall be holy for you, whoever does work shall die. Shehusha Omer, who used Baruch Hashem, says, Bayom Ashvi, Lachem Kodesh. What does that mean, Lachem Kodesh? So most people learn it should be for you a holy day. He says, No, what it means is, Hunefesh Yesera, there's a special soul. That comes down from you. That soul is not of this world. That soul of Shabbos is a soul from the world of Manucha. And so if you do Malacha on Shabbos, you're using... Your Menucha soul to do a Malacha, he also meakodesh chol, you desecrate that soul of Menucha, vizau chil Shabbos. Incredible idea for what chil Shabbos is. Chil Shabbos is, it's as if God gives you a hand from the upper world and then you use that hand to do a sin. Use your other hands. To sin. You've got two hands from the physical world. So on Shabbos, you get an extra piece of neshama. That extra piece of neshama comes from the special place, the special place where your neshama is. And that part of your neshama is from the place called menucha, the place where there is no malacha. And so when you do malacha, while that extra soul is inside you, and that soul is doing malacha, you are desecrating the, the, the neshama yisera, that soul related to the realm of menucha. This is why you have um, many places in our davening, we use the term menucha, uh, menucha v'simcha orla yehudim, and within the davening we say you've given, given Shabbos as a day of menucha, so he's learning that the menucha represents the neshama yisera, that extra soul you get on Shabbos, and that's why it's such a serious thing, you're using a nefesh of menucha to do malacha. We get the soul also in That's kind of where he's gone. We'll see. The Parshas Baaloscha, our sages teach us. Why 70 elders? Why that number? Because there are 70 Shabbos and Yamtovs every year. That's an interesting idea, right? So you've got you've got um, now. So the problem is how you work this with a leap year, but assuming he's dealing with a regular year, so you've got 354 days. So that's 50 Shabbases, and then he's going to add another 20. So you're going to have uh, two of Pesach, two of Shavuos. I'm sorry, one of Shavuos. Two. Um, you have two of Sukkot. Two uh, Rosh Hashanah would just be one if we're dealing with the Torah and Yom Kippur. What, what do we have? Seven. Okay, and then you have what? And we count the Shemini Atzeres, and then you've got. No, because you've got three hundred and you've got you've got oh, you only have fifty Shabbases in the average year because it's three fifty four days, yeah, right? And then you've got Rosh um, Chodesh. So that should bring you to... Um, what? So wait, is he counting Rosh Chodesh or is he counting Chalamot? What? <laughs> nice. Uh, what? Um, 
Oh boy. Four well, and four, you have right. eight, oh seven. Okay, all right, so however you make the calculation. So the way the Alshach explains these 70, because the 70 days in the year, because they are channels, to bring down a flow of holiness from the upper world. Each one from a special source in heaven, to each individual day, each one on its own level. There are 70 channels of holiness. That's why the 70 channels, the Harik Shafa Kedusha Ba'olam, to bring down holiness into the world. So, whatever is true in time is true in person. So then there will be 70 channels to bring down prophecy and each one of the 70 elders. So he says, if there's 70 channels of holiness, then in terms of Klal Yisrael, there are going to be 70 people who are going to channel that holiness. Does that mean that each, each Zakain had was assigned to a particular In theory, you would be able to connect each one to each one of these holy days. And it says, even though you would think all Shabbos are the same, it's not, doesn't mean each one has its own special, unique aspect. Based on where in the year it appears, everyone knows, based each Shabbos is a different Shabbos, it's a different light, it's a different holiness, a different spirituality, based on the time of the year and the parasha and everything else that appears at that time. The 70 languages type that? It's all going to be connected, right? It's going to be the opposite of that. Okay. Right. Yeah, it'll be 70 people, right. Yeah, so it may be the class. Right. All, all, all of these 70s are going to be connected. He's learning it's not that, that the 70s are going to start with the 70 channels that God created to bring holiness into the world. That's why Yaakov can only go down once there's 70 people. This is why Sanhedrin is going to be 70. This is why um, all the other 70s that you go through the Torah. <laughs> So we're going to see. That's related to your previous question. He's going to try to break it down. Now let's come to the subject. God commanded based in below, that they should declare or proclaim a name for the Yamim Tovim. You shall declare them. Tikru Atem, you should do it, Ksiv. Masha Enkim Ba Shabbos. But as we know, we don't need Basdin to declare Shabbos. Ki Akodisha Elyon, because the supernal holiness, Shemisham Nishba Shefa Kedusha Lamata, which brings down the holiness to this world, Ein Tsarach Bogus Urus Tachton, doesn't require any initiation from below. Ki Misuyim Bohayom Vagadom Od, because the day is already established and great. Kashanimras Bakas, if you have the Shemites, I'll show you soon. But the other holidays of God. When you have a basin of perfect, faithful Jews, when they establish and they call a name, this day shall be Yomtov. We open that channel. 
these channels, in other words, the 50 Shabbos of the year, those channels are always open. But these other channels of Yom Tov, we have to flip on the switch. V'az Ayyidei came, when we declare that day, then, Osa Kodesh al that upper holiness, Shibo Shorosh Kamar Vimoy, connected to each Yom Tov, whom its order is aroused, and then it too declares that day shall be holy, and gives of the holy influence, which is special for that Yom So he's saying that when we declare, we say, Rosh Chodesh is going to be this day, which means that Yom Kippur is going to be on that day, as a result of us making that pronouncement, in heaven they will say, this is the pronouncement made by the based in Shalmata. Let us put that channel to that date on the calendar. In, in Shul, uh, when uh, we, we have Shabbos Mavorchim, is that what he's talking about? So, it's not quite like the, but that's a remise to it. In other words, it's more when Basin declares it Rosh Chodesh, when they well, say Mekudosh, so Mekudosh. we don't have Rosh Chodesh. But we do have it, because, the, because the, the Hillel, who made the calendar for us, actually proclaimed all the Rosh Chodesh for us. So he already decided, in other words, he did the Mikra Kodesh, and he called it, um, he declared it to be holy for us. So that's 70 declares it, which brings down the, that... It's the 70 part that brings it down. Right. You need the 70 guys. Isn't there 51 Shabbos? Is 50? It depends on how many... If it's 354. <coughs> so okay. 354. So 350 divided so by you, 7 is 50. You need So it has to be, it has to be done by the Sanhedrin. Yeah, no, I know. You yeah. have to throw in... So he says, So this is important... Because you say this expression every Kiddush. The words Mikra Kodesh. Uh-huh. Which, what do we, how does everyone translate that? A holy calling? Yeah. A holy okay. convocation? Yeah. I think is the it's word. Creating, right? Mikra. Mikra to calling to, out. To calling out. Yeah. So I, I, I think the reason why we use the term holy convocation in most Sidurim is because since no one knows what convocation means, so that it, <laughs> it can mean anything, and that way you're not responsible to get the translation right. My daughter was from sociology professors. So right. So, so he says, It's called a proclamation of holiness. So when you say on Shabbos, Mikrakodesh, you mean that heaven declares it holy. And when you say on Yom Tov the words Mikra Kodesh, it actually means something else. It means that you proclaim it holy so that heaven can in respond, echo that proclamation. And that calling is actually the opening of the channels of holiness, of influence, the Yisrael Matzah to the Jews below, which means when you say Mikra Kodesh on Yom Tov, what you should think is, I declare this to be Pesach, so that, so that in heaven heaven, they shall echo that declaration and call it Pesach, so that there should be Kodesh, there should be a channel of holiness that comes down. That's what the Pasuk means. By you declaring the names of the Yom Tov, they are prepared to be callings of holiness. They are called Mikodesh Elyon from the holiness above. And they bring down holiness to the Jewish people below.
So why Mikra Kodesh for Shabbos? So, because so, in heaven they're still doing Mikra Kodesh. So you just don't need you to initiate it. Right. It's still a declaration. Um, now we're going to skip to, you see where it says Gimel? V'nachzor al going back to the subject, because he de- deviates for a minute. Buki achre amr elehem moador. The pasuk says, "These are my holidays." Amor, amar sheish yisiam is six days. You should do work. Ha'inyan. This is how you read the verse. Ki royus barach. Hashem saw. Ki hayemakam yomen ayusal. The Jewish people will say, "Im gam kol mayadenu moadecha emikiyam ashabes." If all the holidays are the same, they're all callings of holiness. Mazen shaviyam ashabes. Why is it on Shabbos? Afilu tzorich alchol nefesh lahuter bo. You can't even do work that you need to eat. So then, if they're all callings of holiness, if all these channels are are, are channels of holiness, why is there a difference in the rules? Mm-hmm. They're all callings of holiness. Now you tell me Shabbos has special offerings. Mm-hmm. Okay, special offerings too. Okay, therefore, that's why you may have had this question when you were listening to the Parsha. The Torah starts off, These are my holidays. And it starts off saying, Six days you should do work. And on the seventh day you keep Shabbos. So he had asked this question before. What's with bringing Shabbos? We're talking about festivals and holidays. Shabbos isn't a moed. Right? And furthermore, why bring in the concept of the six days you shall do work? So he says, and Bava Ahmad, the Torah says, Mashatiru, you see, Sheishes Yamin Teyasamalacha, Uba Yomashvi, what's the next word after Yomashvi? Tiru Shvi Sekfula, the Torah uses a double language, Yu Shabbos Shabbosom. Yes? This key is six days you should do work, that would explain why we have Kholom Moed and we do work. Otherwise, we wouldn't have six days that week. Of well, we have many times you have Yom Tov that interrupts the six days of the week. Right? So he says, Shabbos is Shabbos Shabboson. Mikra Kodesh Kamalach. Any work, Stamlosasi, you shouldn't do it. Shulichlo Gam Asher Yachal Chal Nefesh, which includes even cooking and things like that. Unlike other holidays, there's two reasons for this. Echad ki Shabbos Hilashem. Because Shabbos is initiated from above. God does better initiation than us. So when Hashem declares it holy, it's such a powerful holiness because it's purely from Hashem that it creates Shabbos Shabboson, prohibiting all work. And it comes from the fact that Hashem rested. And when Hashem rested, So therefore, since it's initiated by Hashem, coming from that place called Menucha, that's why Shabbos needs pure, complete Menucha. And the holidays we call the Cholesh. Right, we'll see. He's going to go the other direction. Shane is furthermore. The Torah says, "V'chol Moshe v'Seichem in all your dwelling places." Ki Hakodesh anikras Shabbos l'Hashem v'chol Moshe v'Seichem, ki Yesh l'Chem Shafek Dushas b'Batechem v'chol Moshe v'Seichem in all your dwellings. You know what your dwelling is? Your home, your body. Shabbos is v'chol Moshe v'Seichem. Send something into your body. Hinefesh Yisera meolam elyon. You have a guest for Shabbos. You have an extra soul. That comes from the upper world. 
which comes from the place of rest etc. the rest of the paragraph basically he's saying you've got this neshama yaseira that comes down to you on Shabbos so these are two separate reasons why Shabbos is Shabbos Shabboson with no work at all number one because it's initiated from Hashem who does a complete Shabbos and who um, is representing Hashem is not doing any malacha on Shabbos. Secondly, because Hashem gives you a piece of menucha, which is your nefesh yisera. Kain yomar po mikra kodesh Shabbos il Hashem akodeshu bechol moshvoseich, and that's why it says in all your dwellings, Asher Shabbos Hashem hil Hashem. Okay, I'm going to skip the um, skip the next paragraph. Ach amnam elam oadi Hashem. But these holidays of Hashem Asher Hiskim which are the other holidays, Einam Kashabis Shimi Atzma. Number one, they don't happen on their own, Katama Rishon, like the first reason. Kiim Asher Tikru Osam, you declare them. So that's why it's Elamoade Hashem Asher Tikru Osam, and that's actually the line that you say by Kiddush. So uh, this is so clear. You should say this over at your table on Yom Tov. Um, why is there? Why? What's the difference? Why by Yom Tov are you allowed to do malacha? And it's not just practical reasons so that you can enjoy. It's because Shabbos is declared by Hashem. Shabbos he Hashem, and here it's Ela Moade Hashem Asher Uosam. We initiated. When we initiated, it does not come with the same level of umph. As it does when Hashem does it. What? Oh, that's the next line. Furthermore, it's not in your dwelling places. You don't have a nefesh yisera, which is the holy influence, in your dwelling places. Now, the truth is, I should say, this is really a matter of a big debate. It's a big debate. Whether or not there's a neshama yisera on Yom Tov, it's a big debate in the, all, amongst all the Rishonim and Masech Psachim whether or not there is. He's clearly paskining, coming from the Kabbalistic perspective, that there is not a Nesham Yaseira on, on Yom Tov. And you'll see that all of you paskin <coughs> this way too. Because when Yom Tov is over, how do you make Havdalah? Without Basamim. Why don't you have the besamim there? The extra souls, I'll leave them. Because, yeah. So, to the point where Tosis asks, why is it that when Shabbos, Matzah Shabbos falls on Yom Tov, like it is this year, why don't we do besamim? It's because besamim is meant to make your soul feel better, so after Nesham Yisera leaves, but Yom Tov, even though you don't have the Nesham Yisera, it is going to go, but at least Yom Tov has the ability to make our souls feel better, that it's not going from Kodesh L'Chol, it's going from Kodesh to Kodesh. So the soul doesn't feel that bad. But nevertheless, in terms of Neshami Yisera, the Ashach Paskins, that there is no Neshami Yisera on Yom Tov. Is Yisera, is that like Yashar? What? Well, extra. Oh. Yoter. Oh, Yoter, okay. You, you know, uh, maybe that's why on Yom Tov we have all these extra accoutrements we have to do to make the Chag, because, you know, you have your Lulav, you have your Seder, or you have... Well, I, w- I wouldn't put those things just for the Neshami Yisera to make up for that, but they've got their own reasons, but... Uh, Possible. So he says, So he says, each one, it's not something that comes down to you. That Neshama Yisera, so to speak, that holiness, stays up in heaven. 
and it's channeled down its influence, but nothing comes down. So the holiness of each yamtiv, that holiness stays up. Sham misrabe, there up in heaven, it becomes increased. Umer or hakodesh a love. So what he's saying is on Shabbos, the neshama, the kodesh, comes down into you. On Yamtiv, all the kodesh stays up there and channels down through the channels. Va'anu osim zechel adavar. So we're still commemorating this. But we don't have the Neshama Yisera like we have on Shabbos. That's why the prohibition is going to reflect the lesser effect of the holiness. And so the prohibition will be less. And so when you do a malacha, you're not desecrating anything that's inside you. You don't have that manucha inside you. It's just a reflection of a holiness which is outside of you. And this is the kind of stuff which no one could make up. You can't just make this up unless you know and you have information based on the Zohar and the Holy Writings where he's, excuse me, channeling it down in a way where we can handle it and he's not necessarily giving you all the sources. But you, ha- you can only learn something like this from a sefer like the Alshech who's familiar with all the secrets of the Torah in order to be able to bring this to us. But he's telling you the secret. He's telling you that the reason why you can do malach at least on some level is because the Kedush is on some level somewhat outside of you. Well, but there's a separate din of uh, that's why three meals. That's a nice shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although on Yamtiv, there's a separate mitzvah of simcha. Okay, so we're going to leave the rest. He gets into he gets into some other points, but just to reflect on what we've learned in terms of what the concept of mikra ekodesh means to understand that Shabbos and Yamtiv are days that bring us a greater level of connection to Hashem, but each a different one. Every Shabbos is different. Every Yamtiv is different. Each channel is a separate channel, and the seventy channels for each one. And uh, this is like a satellite radio. There's a separate channel, each one playing different music, each one, uh, and and we have to recognize that on on Shabbos, there's something so powerful that we ourselves become holy, we get this menucha, this neshami yaseru within us, and it gives us this special kedusha, and that brings with it this high level. Now he gets into later on, he talks about that it could be Yom Kippur, has a little bit of that as well, because of the extra, but, and that's why all malach is also, but on Yom Tov, on Yantiv, the Malach is somewhat outside of us. Uh, the, the Kodesh is somewhat outside of us, at least to allow this much of a level of Malacha. However, we have the advantage on Yantiv that it's Elim Wa'adeh Hashem, Ashe Tikr U Osam, or Tikr U Atem, that Hashem empowered us to make those days. And that's why we say, Mekadish Yisrael Hazmanim, Hashem sanctifies the Jewish people, and it's the Jewish people who sanctify the holy days. And uh, much like when a, someone's training someone to become something, you have to give them the opportunity to drive a little, you have to give them the opportunity to try it as well. You have to let the patient try to do his first surgery. HaKadosh Baruch Hu empowers us to bring Kedusha down into the world. And so we should be Zoha as we, as we approach Yom Tov, that we should prepare ourselves properly to receive this Kedusha. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.